Hi love and welcome to Lovely with Lana. I'm Lana, your podcast host, here to talk about all things Pilates, wellness, fashion, lifestyle, and of course, it has to be pink. Well, not all the time, but most of the time at least. I hope that you absolutely love this episode and let's get right into it. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you decided to click on and listen in. If you are new, an extra special welcome to you. Whether you found me through social media, scrolling through Spotify or Apple, or just randomly somehow found me, I'm happy that you're here, you're in the right place at the right time. If you're returning, as always, hugs and kisses. I'm so proud of this little wellness princess community growing and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Be sure to follow this podcast and give it a rating or review. You can do that on both Spotify or Apple. And also be sure to follow my socials, Instagram and Lemon8. I'm a bit quieter right now on all of my socials just because of the very busy school year, but I hope to start posting a lot more soon. So let's set the mood. It is currently 1.20 p.m. on a Sunday and I woke up, I slept in a little bit today and then I did some gentle Pilates, I walked, and then I picked some fresh apples from our apple orchard. I have an apple orchard in my backyard, so I'm really blessed right now with the fall season. I have a lot of delicious apples. I went to church, came back, and then I had kind of a brunch lunch situation and did some work and now I am talking to you. I'm actually laying right now on a heating pad in my room and the microphone's on the ground, my laptop is on the ground, I'm on the ground because I have been really cramping and it's hurting a lot. So I'm just enjoying this heating pad. I'm just like literally laying on my stomach on this heating pad. So oh well. And that kind of goes into my low of this week. So I always do a high and a low. And so my low is having really bad tummy cramps. They started around, I would say, Saturday. I woke up and I definitely felt them and they have not gotten better. So it's just, I feel like maybe it's that time of the month. I don't know. Then my high is the fall vibes. So it finally cooled down in Minnesota. Like, Earlier this week, it was 90 degrees. It was so, so, so warm. And now it's finally cooled down. It's in the 60s and 70s. And this is my time to shine. I love this weather when it's kind of very moderate. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And hopefully the leaves will start turning. I've just been really enjoying, you know, warm coffee, warming foods, you know, cozy candles. I'm getting into the fall vibes. Also, finally, a shout out before we jump into the episode. So if you don't know, new is every single week, I will be shouting one of you girls out. And if you respond to the question or really write anything within the Spotify question box, I leave a question box underneath every episode. So if you respond to that, I will shout you out. And last week, episode 69, I asked, do you follow any hidden food beliefs and rules? And I'm going to shout someone out that didn't even respond to the question. You don't need to respond to the question if you just want to like say hi. Totally do that. Um, Subhanji, Subhangi, I'm trying to pronounce the name. I apologize. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But she just commented, love you. I'm a pink queen too. So I absolutely love this. Um, Even if you don't want to answer the question, just say hi and I'll probably shout you out sometime. So yes, that is for my Spotify listeners. And soon I will try to find a way for everyone who listens on Apple to also participate and be able to be shouted out. 
Alrighty, so this episode is a continuation of the first episode in this two-part intuitive eating series. If you have not, I would definitely listen to the first episode before listening to this one, as the first step of intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality, and many of those diet culture beliefs slash rules you follow, even if you're not feeling like you follow them, on a subconscious level, you might. So this episode is more geared for people that already worked through those beliefs and are not following any diet, meal, meal timing plans, especially on a subconscious level. I hope that with this episode, you can walk away with some concrete steps on how to start intuitive eating in a way that is not overwhelming. I know it can definitely be overwhelming. This is a very big concept. Um, So I apologize in advance if this episode is a bit longer because I'm trying to put as much information that will help you. And this is coming from someone that is also learning intuitive eating. So if you don't know, I never had a great relationship with food and I'm just really been trying to figure out how to intuitively eat and it's a challenge. Let me tell you, yesterday I was crying because it's hard to intuitively eat. Sometimes there can be a lot of emotion stuck in that if you've always been someone very rigid, someone always stuck on a plan or a diet. Learning how to let go and trust your body with food can be a very scary thing. So I'm not coming from this high up expert. I did a lot of research. I I know a lot from personal experience, but I'm also learning intuitive eating with you. And I think that's kind of what makes these, these episodes kind of unique is I'm not someone you know, registered, like high up, I'm pretty much your peer talking to you over a FaceTime, telling you what I know and what things we can work on, including in our life and making our health and wellness and our balance even better. So let's get right into the episode. As defined in the previous episode, intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality and trusting your body and when how much, and what to eat. So please note that before I get into the episode, if you have an eating disorder or you're recovering from one, or you are on some sort of appetite suppression medication, I know Adderall, I know some other medications, especially psychiatric medications, do impact your hunger fullness cues. So again, A, if you have an eating disorder or you're recovering, or B, you're on some sort of medication that doesn't allow you to feel your body, please don't intuitively eat. So your body cannot give you hunger fullness signs yet. You need to either get off the medication, take a lower dose, recover from an eating disorder, do all those things. So please like use your mind, use your doctors when it comes to when and how much to eat. This episode for people that perhaps don't have a great relationship with food, but they're at least able to feel their hunger fullness. Like they're they're not in need of other doctors and professionals for their dietary needs. So to prepare for this episode, I actually did re-listen to my one of the very first episodes I ever published on this podcast. So episode six I did on intuitive eating. And so that was 53 episodes ago. That was almost in it, that was a little over a year ago. And I have changed a lot as a person. But honestly, that episode was kind of fire, not going to lie. So if this episode is not enough for you, you can go back to episode six. I do reiterate a lot of the things I'll mention today. But obviously, I'm kind of a 
like it's the same concepts, but maybe I'll apply them differently. It's always interesting to listen back on a podcaster's episodes and see how they grew. So in that episode, you know, it's it was one of my first. So definitely listen to, I guess, younger me. But one of the things I want to take away from the earlier episode, episode six, was I related intuitive eating to babies. As babies, we know when to eat, when to stop, and so on. However, as we grow up, our world, families, friends, social media, YouTube videos, books, podcasts, all of this, take away this inner wisdom of our bodies had when we were young. I want you to try and think back to when was the last time you had true food freedom? How old were you? How much better was your relationship with food freedom back then compared to now? I think trusting our bodies is extremely difficult. If you view your body as something working against you, why in the world would you listen to it? A lot of people think that like my body's working against me, it wants me to gain weight, it wants me to do this, yada, yada, yada. But here is the truth. Your body, all it knows is survival. It knows its natural set point weight, which is the healthy weight your body sets without any sort of restriction. Your body knows when to send out its immune system to fight an infection, when and where to heal when we're injured, when to drink water, when to go to the bathroom, when to sleep. With all of these things, we don't view them as something bad. Like you're not going to like go pee and say, I'm so bad for peeing so much, right? Because sometimes you literally just have to go to the bathroom. But for some reason, if your body is hungry, this is bad. This is something to suppress. This is something to feel guilty about. And after you're done suppressing, you can't even feel if you're full and end up overeating. Because again, your body only knows survival and thinks with primal hunger, it'll never have food for a while again. Because hey, we didn't have food for a whole 12 hours. I'm going to make sure I eat a ton because we might not have food for another whole 12 hours. Hence, if you've ever had the binge restrict cycle, this sounds very familiar. If you've ever been hyper-focused on a food and overate it, this is very familiar and so on. So not listening to your body in any way, shape, or form leads to an unhealthy relationship with food. So if your relationship with food is kind of not in a great spot, intuitive eating will honestly change your life. But I'm going to tell you that it is one of the hardest journeys you're ever going to be on. There's a reason why all of these diets and diet culture makes so much money. It's because people can't literally figure out how to eat normally, right? Because we are constantly convinced we need to be on a diet. We need to restrict. We need to buy a certain protein powder or a certain, I don't know, low calorie bread. But that's not the solution. The solution is to understand our bodies. But again, it's a very up and down process. Like I told you, like one day I'm crying and the next day I'm fine. It's all up in the air. That's unfortunately how your body learns intuitive eating. It's it's a long, lengthy process that is not linear. So there are 10 intuitive eating principles I will briefly go over. These were all taken from the Intuitive Eating Workbook by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Retch. So I can link that workbook down below. You can buy on Amazon and work through it yourself. I would really recommend it. It's written by professionals. However, if you specifically are dealing with eating disorder recovery, I actually created my own eating disorder recovery journal a while ago. So it's a digital journal online that you can get through Etsy and you can use the code lovelywithlanapod to get a little discount. So that will also be found down below. But let's get into the 10 principles. Number one is rejecting the diet mentality. So as mentioned in the previous episode, number 69, 
diets do not work. You are more likely to gain more weight after you diet. There are literally thousands of studies that prove this over and over again. Just think about like the Minnesota starvation study for an example. All of these guys are put on really low calorie diets, but then even a year after that low calorie diet ended, almost all of them gained more weight than they were before the diet. And all of them had a very bad relationship with food because of that scarcity mentality. Stop trying to eat less. Stop trying to suppress your hungers in whatever way you end up suppressing it. I've already done it all like, you know, coffee, tea, chugging a bunch of water, sparkling water, gum, all of those things. Stop trying new trendy diets. Stop convincing in your mind that you need to be on some sort of diet or you need to intermittent fast or you need to do yada, yada, yada. And please stop thinking that you must lose a certain amount of pounds. I have met almond bombs in particular that are feel like are always trying to lose the same five or 10 pounds. Like, do they not understand that that five pounds of weight loss is consuming their entire life? Like, what's the point of life if like those five pounds you, okay, you might lose them, but you lost friends and fun food and spontaneous dinner plans and going to brunch. Like at the end of the day, your body knows what weight it needs to be at. And this is something that you have to come to terms with. This is extremely difficult for me because naturally, like I'm not a skinny, okay, I'm slim, but I'm not like a skinny model type skinny. You know what I mean? Like the, the normal, bodily norm of society. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm naturally very muscular, right? And that's okay. I had to come to terms with that. Stop trying to compare your body and convince yourself that you need to lose a certain amount of weight. You need to look at look like this person because if you're constantly convincing yourself that you need to lose weight, then your relationship with food will never be good because you will always be trying to restrict in whatever way you find. So again, Stop trying to eat less. Stop trying to suppress your hunger. Stop thinking that you need to lose a certain amount of weight. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to help you heal your relationship with food. Principle number two is honoring your hunger. So hunger is a natural biological cue, just like drinking water, sleeping, going to the bathroom. Again, this goes back to the baby example. You know when and what and how much to eat. And you knew that when you were younger, but now it's a struggle with all of the media surrounding food and all of the things you learned along the way. Again, suppressing hunger will lead to primal hunger. Primal hunger is like an uncontrollable urge to eat anything and everything in sight because, you know, you tend to overeat because your body thinks it won't get food again. So eat when you're hungry, even if that means an hour or two after a meal, you need a balanced snack. Even if that means you're eating a little bit earlier or a little bit later than you normally eat, that's okay. Now, I must mention that there are types of hunger that are very habitual or related to emotion. Things like, I don't know, if you're constantly really, and you tend to always reach for food, or if you are always eating at an exact certain time, those are very habitual or emotional hungers. And once in a while, it's, you know, it's fine to sometimes be emotional and need that piece of chocolate, but we will talk about coping your, with your emotions in a better way later on into the episode. When it comes to habitual eating, next time when it reaches like your normal breakfast or lunch or dinner, ask, am I hungry? Just ask. Like, just sit and ask, am I hungry or is it just a habit? And if it is a habit, am I okay waiting for a little bit until I am hungry? 
And again, we'll go later into the episode on why it's important to be moderately hungry before your meal. So before eating, I always ask, am I physically hungry? Like, is my tummy grumbling or am I really cranky and tired? Am I thinking a lot about food or like going through those Instagram reels on recipes that I'm probably actually hungry? Um, Hunger does show up in many different ways for many different people. Sometimes hunger shows up for me one day as a really rumbly tummy and the next day it's just as, you know, lack of focus. So definitely be in tune with your body. Number three is making peace with food. So as I mentioned in part one, no foods is good or bad, period. All foods fit in a healthy diet. Honestly, give yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever and whenever. Now, I know when I say this, you might be like, what are you talking about? I'm going to gain so much weight and it's going to be horrible and I'm going to feel bad about myself. But here's the kicker. If you dieted a lot in the past and you restricted and you didn't let yourself eat what you wanted and when, you might go through a rebound period where you are eating a ton of junk food, but eventually this will balance out. When you give yourself unconditional permission to eat, you lose that, you know, wanting to control food. And the less you try and control food, the more you realize you actually have control over food. Because the more you control and try to hang on, the less, the more out of control you will feel around food. It is kind of a little mind twist, but just think about this. If you give yourself unconditional permission to eat, you won't feel urged to eat that cookie right now because eh, you're not that hungry. And cookie is a cookie. Like it's not bad. It's not good. I'm not blowing my diet. No, I can eat it later. It's fine. And you just It's really cool just to see that like when you go into like a buffet or a dinner and you say, I can eat however much I want, you actually end up eating less than if you feel really stressed and panicked thinking I shouldn't eat, I shouldn't eat a lot. But again, if you've dieted in the past, you might go through a rebound period where eating a lot of junk. Just allow this to run through your system because I always like to think of this as like going to a new country or traveling, you know, at first you might be eating a lot of um, the local cuisines or maybe not the healthiest food, a lot of fast food. I'm just thinking specifically back to when I go to all-inclusive resorts. At first I'm eating a lot of pastries and pizza and, you know, like the yummy junk food, junk food, quote unquote, but the non-nutritional food, I'd like to say. And then after like day three, I'm already craving the veggies, the fruits, the fish, like the more nutrient-dense things because my body genuinely wants it. So trust me, if you've dieted and you're restricted and you feel like, oh my goodness, like I'm giving myself unconditional permission to eat whatever, but like I'm only eating junk, this is normal and you will eventually balance out. Principle number four is challenging the food police. So the food police is the little voice in your mind that's always shoulding you. I should eat X. I should not eat Y. I'm bad for eating this. Look at you eat this. You're supposed to be losing weight. All of those voices. So next time these thoughts pop up, ask why. Why is a cupcake so bad? Why is a salad good? Why is there morality and where are these thoughts coming from? Where did I learn to associate certain foods as good or bad? Look at those food rules. We often all have food rules that we grew up with. Maybe we were taught it from family, sometimes social media or friends, but food rules are often the laws that the food police in our mind loves to bother with you. 
start getting curious with these rules and even break them on purpose. For example, if you tell yourself you cannot have a cookie, it is so unhealthy and will make you gain weight, then eat the cookie one day and notice that you didn't magically gain a bunch of weight. You gain nothing but satisfaction and maybe a new broken food rule. Also, as you rebuild your relationship with food, transform your goals and promises that you have for most of the time, goals and promises. Instead of saying, I will not eat anything unless physically hungry, say, most of the time, I will not eat anything unless physically hungry. Or instead of saying, I will work out every single day, say, most of the time, I will work out daily. Because if you start wanting to change into intuitive eating and listening to your body, you also need to understand that life isn't perfect. Like there are going to be days where perhaps you have plans that come up and you're eating dinner a bit earlier than normal. Maybe you're not too super hungry. Instead of spiraling and freaking out that, oh my goodness, I'm not intuitive eating correctly. Like this is bad. This is bad. And you go into the spiral and said, say, okay, well, this is one of those days where I can't really listen to my body because it's just one of those days. Or if you can't exercise one day because maybe you're traveling or you're really busy, that's okay. I'll exercise tomorrow. I'll make sure I wake up a little earlier and have a time for a walk. Instead of trying to become an intuitive eater, but allow perfectionistic tendencies to fall into intuitive eating, start learning intuitive eating and mindful exercise and all of these things as things that you do most of the time. Because again, the world isn't perfect. Things will go out of your way. And so if you're constantly focused on being perfect, nothing is going to work. And you'll just find intuitive eating as another diet that you can't ever really live up to its expectations. Intuitive eating is not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And intuitive eating is a lifestyle because it's not perfect. Because some days you eat more, some days you eat less. Some days you can't really eat when you're hungry because maybe you're out traveling and you kind of have to coordinate meals with a lot of other people, which means that your needs aren't really put as number one. And that's okay. Principle number five is feel your fullness. So you can't just honor your hunger. You also have to honor your fullness. Slow down when you eat. Try mindful eating. Chew the food and as I, you know, as you chew, think about the tastes, the textures, the temperatures. Be grateful for all of the hands and the resources that went into the food you're eating. Think about the meat on your plate. Think about, you know, the animal and the farmer that had to take care of the animal. Think about all of the plants or all of the grains on your plate. Be grateful for, you know, the fact they were planted and then harvested and then turned into whatever you're eating. Try not to multitask when you eat. So don't walk, work, read, scroll through socials. Just focus on eating. And I know it's really hard when you might think that eating is a waste of your time. You're so busy. But I promise you have 15 to 20 minutes to mindfully eat. And if you're kind of ADHD like me and you kind of struggle to focus and you always need stimulation, just start off with eating one meal mindfully and then move it to two and then move it to three. Again, mindfully, most of the time, I know sometimes, you know, you're eating with friends, family, that's okay. You might be a little more preoccupied as as you're eating, but generally eat mindfully. Also, as you feel your fullness and as you, you know, are more mindful with what you're eating and how you feel, check in with yourself halfway through the meal, especially as you're nearing towards the end. Ask yourself, am I full? 
you know, sometimes I feel like we just plow through our plates and we don't realize that we're actually full before the plate is done. Understand that you don't need to finish your plate every single time. It's okay to leave a little bit of food on the plate if you're kind of satisfied and you're not very hungry anymore. I like to think that if, you know, I'm moderately hungry, right? And I start eating and I'm getting a lot of happiness and satisfaction in food. But then by the end of the meal or like maybe closer to the end, I'm like not really caring about the food anymore. That's a good stopping point, honestly. If I feel like I'm satisfied, if I feel that I'm not really enjoying this food anymore, um, it's good. But like I'm kind of like not wanting it anymore. That's totally fine to stop. And I know this can be hard and some people might feel forced that they have to finish their plates. And it's definitely a habit. It's something even I'm working through where I don't need to finish my plate. So just give yourself that permission. Give yourself the permission to, you know, take food from home after a restaurant outing or, you know, tell the host of, you know, a lunch or a dinner. I'm actually really full, but this was so delicious. Thank you. Make sure that you're communicating that you did enjoy the food, but your body is done. Number six is discover satisfaction. So eating food should be a good experience, but unfortunately, diet culture makes you feel bad for enjoying food. So you avoid foods that you actually like, and you tend to eat like the really plainless, like chicken, broccoli, rice combination. I would say eat what is truly satisfying and pleasurable without attaching morality and this will actually help you to achieve better health. So most French and Japanese cultures practice really, you know, enjoying and savoring what they're eating and actually liking what they're eating. They're not going to order something they don't want. And this is why most of them have better health than Americans. Ask before eating. What do I want to eat? What sounds good to me right now? You know, what is, what tastes do I want? Do I want something sweet or salty or savory or smoky or warm or hot or cold? Ask yourself, truly, what do I want? Respect your taste buds. If you don't like something, you don't need to eat it. And, you know, I know this can definitely be hard with social pressures in particular. Um, So if you don't like something someone else prepared for you, I would just say, you know, thank you so much. This is, you know, I appreciate it, but don't really like touch that certain dish or something and if they ask you about it just say oh I'm full right like if there are certain dishes you don't really like you don't need to force yourself to eat it because at the end of the day you like what you like and nobody else can change that when starting a meal be moderately hungry not ravenous because if you're ravenous and otherwise it's really hard to enjoy your food with all the primal hunger in the way you're trying to eat as much and as quickly as possible and try not to start a meal not hungry most of the time. So if you're kind of full when you start a meal, you're not going to enjoy the meal. So make sure you're kind of moderately hungry, not ravenous, not full. Make sure you're like, I would say like on a scale of one to 10, I would say like a three or a four. Um, And then you want to eat till you're like an eight, not a full 10. I'm really full overeating situation. Principle number seven is cope with your feelings without using food. So food is often used as a way to celebrate. It can bring so many people together. And sometimes food is used to cope with emotions. Anxiety, loneliness, boredom, and anger are all emotions that can be used to fuel emotional eating. But you need to remember that food is not the solution. Food may distract you or temporarily numb you from the emotion, but it will not fix the emotion. Try to list out the emotions that tend you to get 
emotional eating, so whether that is sadness, stress, or other. Find other ways to cope with those emotions, such as talking with a friend, a walk in nature, reading a fun book, taking a bubble bath, painting, whatever works for you. Learn to sit with your feelings. If activities aren't really helping you get your mind off of the emotion, learn to identify the feeling and sit with it. Stop trying to run away from the emotions. Sometimes distractions will honestly make emotions worse, so try and identify the feeling and understand where it's coming from. Principle number eight is respect your body. Stop comparing your body to others. Stop body checking. Stop always saying you need to lose weight or that something is wrong with you. When you intuitively eat, the reality is you may gain or lose weight, or maybe you'll just maintain your weight. Your body again will settle at its natural set point weight. Now, this is something that I find can be really challenging for people when they start learning how to intuitively eat, because for me, for example, I did gain a bit of weight as I intuitively ate. And this is tough to talk about because as like I'm very muscular, but I don't have a shredded six pack. I don't have all of those big muscles popping out like you see on social media. And honestly, most healthy women will not have a shredded six pack, shredded abs because that's just not healthy for most women. Journal about all the parts of your body you love. Journal about all the wonderful things your body does for you. It allows you to live and jump and learn and love It allows you to do so much. Get rid of the scale. Do more self-care. Honor everything your body does. So again, it's really challenging when you have to untie your identity from your body as the girl who has abs or the girl that like looks super fit and lean because a lot of times this leanness, this Instagram perfection you see all over, it's not healthy. Having shredded abs for women has been proven to not really be healthy. Finally, I'm Christian. So if you're struggling with talking negatively or thinking negatively about your body, please remember that you are God's creation. The Bible says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Psalms 139, 13-14. So he created you perfect. He created you wonderful. All bodies are a little different. All wonderful girls, all of you girls listening are a little bit different and that's okay. Notice the way you talk to yourself in your body. Take action to frame these thoughts into something more positive. Number nine is movement versus working out. So do things you enjoy, not do exercise to burn calories. While movement and workout is relatively like the same word, I use them interchangeably, movement can be really anything. It can be walking, dancing, even cleaning the house, Pilates, weightlifting, swimming, whatever you like to do, do that. But if you're working out specifically to look a certain way, to burn in X amount of calories, to get a certain X amount of steps, that is not true that is just not true respecting your body because sometimes your body doesn't like certain things. See how you feel before, during, and after a certain workout. And this will help you understand what you actually like. I learned that I hated weightlifting after forcing myself to do it for a while, you know, and that's okay. I'm not going to force myself to weightlift if I don't feel like it. Gentler movements like walking or Pilates honestly feel better for me. Number 10, and finally, gentle nutrition. So I kind of did all these concepts sequentially. So start with number one, rejecting the diet mentality and work downwards. But gentle nutrition is the very last concept. 
And this is probably the one, the very last one that people learn to master as they go through learning how to intuitively eat and respect their body. Gentle nutrition is obeying what your body wants, but also making sure that you are fulfilling what your body needs. So this means that in most of your meals and snacks, make sure that your plates are balanced. For example, if you are craving a sweet potato, which is a great source of carbohydrates, you're pairing that with a protein such as fish or chicken. You're pairing that with a healthy fat, so avocado or some olive oil. You're pairing that with a vegetable or a piece of fruit, probably vegetable for that meal. So you're making sure that you have a protein, a fat, a carb, and fiber, which fiber can come from, well, the sweet potato, but also more veggies, fruits, and so on. Pairing this not only allows you to eat what you want, but also you will feel a lot more fulfilled, satisfied, and nourished. So for example, if you're craving something like potato chips, Instead of just eating them out of the bag and then eating too many because, you know, potato chips are delicious, but there's not very many nutrients, pair those potato chips with a sandwich, for example, for lunch. The sandwich will have protein and fat and carbs, and the potato chips are just a fun food. Or if you're craving something like dark chocolate, I love, love, love pairing dark chocolate with like a creamy coconut yogurt. It's so good. Or some kind of nuts. However, I do mention that it's most of the time. Sometimes you just want an ice cream or you just want a cookie or you just want a piece of bread. And that's okay if it's not balanced 100% of the time. But I'm saying long term, make sure that whatever you're eating is balanced overall, right? But of course, there will be days where it's not and that's okay. All right, so I will quickly go over the 10 principles of intuitive eating and keep in mind that they are meant to be done, you know, start from the top and work your way to the bottom. Number one, reject the diet mentality. Number two, honor your hunger. Number three, make peace with food. Number four, challenge the food police. Number five, feel your fullness. Number six, discover satisfaction. Number seven, cope with your feelings without using food. Number eight, respect your body. Number nine, movement versus working out. And number 10, gentle nutrition. So again, I hope this episode really helped you. I hope that you took some steps. You kind of know what to work on, what intuitive eating is, and the principles behind it. As always, Instagram DMs are open. And so be sure to follow me on Instagram and all of my socials linked down in the description. The book that I took a lot of the concepts on is linked also in the show notes and also the eating disorder recovery journal is linked there and then be sure to answer the spotify question down below so i can shout one of you girls out remember that you are fabulous you are worthy and i'm always here for you see you next week my love Bye bye